welcome. That was that was just your intro, Jen. Jen, that was your intro. We just I'm so played. nervous. <laughs> Why are you nervous? Because this is a huge day for me. Really? Yeah. Why? Please, please explain. Um, because of this. Because of this, which mm-hmm. is recording the intro. Yeah. Yeah. So Jen just waited two hours at my coffee shop, just like reading a book. And then I was like, we were going to record this on Sunday. And I was like, hey, do you want to get in my car (laughs) in the parking lot of my coffee shop? Yeah, so I'm retrospectively nervous about what already happened today, too. Mm, Which was what? What you just described. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Getting into my car. Yeah, this is actually, besides it being really hot and sweaty. um, Pleasant. Pleasant. And also, it's kind of an ideal recording space. I agree with that. Because we're, we're surrounded... Okay, this is boring to everybody, but um, <laughs> you are the first non-family member to do the intro, and you told me that the intro is your favorite bit. It is. <laughs> A lot of pressure. Yeah, okay, no. Going back to the nervous thing. Because, like, the Botter family... We're, it's a lot to compete with. Yeah, I know. They're naturally, like, they always do, even, like, my dad right before his intro didn't want to do it. He was, like, in a bad mood, and as soon as I turned the mic on, he was like, well, hey there, Rebecca, how are you? Ooh, I'd love to hear about that. Like, he was, like, so charismatic and charming. Um, so, anyways, you're the first time family alive. member. I bet Mary Caroline's going to get upset about this. Right. As we're establishing on Instagram, you'll have a long feud. This has already been two minutes. We are, (laughs) we're going to do the intro now to Tatiana's episode. Yes. Okay, cool. So this is where I tell you about who Tatiana is and you're like, ooh, that sounds interesting. What if it's not? (laughs) (laughs) Well, just try me. Okay. But I'll be honest. Okay, I'm going to sell you on it. So Tatiana is someone that I, she's an actor here in Atlanta and she has produced a television pilot called Swiped. And Swiped used only Atlanta actors. It was shot here in Atlanta. Um, She had a screening of it a couple months ago, and I actually wasn't able to attend, but I got, like, these great reviews. I asked her. She'd send me the link, and she was like, you can't share this with anyone because it's, like, they're showing it at festivals. um, They've just sent it into Sundance to try to get it approved. Like, people are possibly going to be, like, bidding on this for different networks. And she made this with her friend. They created this together, and... um, It all came because, like, men on the comedy scene were, like, literally told her, women aren't as funny as men, so you need to be all the girlfriends in the sketches. Not even in, like, an opinion. They just told her, like, it was a fact. Yeah. Jen, you're funny. No, I'm not. You're trying to get better at accepting compliments. Please accept the compliment. No. Okay. (laughs) Snot just flew out of my nose. Um, uh, gosh, that's gross. Um, <laughs> well, anyways, she also is an ex-Marine, so she's a veteran. Um, she's lived, like, a really interesting life. She's very, um, she's very candid in this interview. She also shares her faith and, um, like, kind of her life before and after it. And, um, yeah, she's definitely, she's a really brave person in, pretty much every sense of the word and now she's really stepped out and made this show and I told her I was like thank goodness it's good because um I'm a bad liar and I wouldn't have been able to tell her have you ever seen me lie before 
Do you think you've ever watched me and been like, I don't think Rebecca's telling the truth? Um, I don't know. I'm not bad at tell. I am bad at telling people they did a good job when they did Oh, um... Hang on, what have I done a bad job at recently? I don't know. Taking compliments? Oh, yeah, how am I at taking compliments? You're so good at it. (laughs) That's actually the advice. That's That's the exact voice I actually do. I think I've heard that like range of vocals before yeah and now i'm gonna know to be on the lookout for it <laughs> yeah it's true mary's the only person Rebecca, that did you like that last joke <laughs> yeah did you like the spreadsheet i showed you just a minute yeah. ago uh also oh, did you like my story on that i told you and grace about the new leasing standard uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> okay, see, that was honest. That was, I appreciate uh, that. Jen's an accountant, and I told her the closest to magic in this world, I think, is accounting. She's an accountant, and she's also so talented, and she's perfect. How does it feel to reach perfection, Jen? Come on, you have to accept the compliment. Thank you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Jen! That's so exciting! Okay, guys, it's a big day for everyone. Oh, the question I ask everybody from now on, have you listened to the podcast? A few episodes. Okay, a few episodes. That's good. Okay, cool. Favorite episode. Go. Gentlewoman of the Road. Isn't she isn't she great? Yeah, I follow her now. Oh, she's she's the greatest. Okay, Madeline, if you're listening, we love you. Okay, guys, thank you. We're gonna we're gonna hit the episode. Okay, now it's the beginning of your little song. That plays into the next part. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jen. I love you. Feel free to cut all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cutting any of it. It was fantastic. What was great about that show is like, you know, like what a lot of people are like, you're an actress, so yeah. you understand. When, like, film is different than theater. Mm-hmm. Everything's smaller for film. Everything's bigger for theater. You know? Whatever. Yeah. But the, the thing about Dear Evan Hansen is everything was small. Mm. Yeah. Everything. Like, this, the one, the girl who's saying Requiem, she did not move her face the entire time. She's talking about her, like, how she doesn't miss her brother. And she's mm. like, I'm not going to cry for you. She sang the whole song like this. Mm. And I started crying. Like, it was... All of them, they barely would, they wouldn't do the theater thing. Yeah. The typical, like, la-da-da-da-da thing. It was like, they just would stand there and they would feel what they're saying and, like, it just translated. Yeah. And, like, I'm like, that could be on film. Like, I don't understand. There's no difference between a film actor and a theater actor. There's no difference between a good, because that was another thing. good. We should should probably begin by how we've met, which is through Vernal and Seer. (laughs) And I'll I'll, I'll smudge it together. (laughs) Oh, you're fine. But talking about, like, good acting and how the whole time in Vernal and Seer during these Monday workshops we do, it's cool face. Because you're not... I have... Because I was saying I'm overly facial as I grab my face. I'm always trying to, like, over-explain to the audience, like oh, I'm sad right now, or I'm happy. And they're like, no, if you're doing a good enough job with your body language and your eyes, you do not need to tell us how you're feeling. Like, that's going to hold mm-hmm. all of it. So that's why Cool Face, I hated it at first. Oh, yeah, I love it. I mean, the, the idea that... I remember look. I look back at some of my old auditions, mm-hmm. and I remember, like, trying to force out crying. I hate crying. And it was ugly. Yeah. I was like... You know, back. I mean, acting styles change as you grow more experience. Yeah. But I look at it and I'm like, 
I don't feel anything for this character. So whenever a script says, like, she's crying, I don't care anymore. Mm. I'll just play through. If I happen to cry, great. Yeah. But I, I, I just think that, like, when I see people trying to cry... I don't care for it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. those performances where, like, they don't want to cry and it happens because they're, like, holding it in is the yeah. best kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely realized, like, as my life has gotten, as I've gotten older, um, I have a little bit less pain in my life that I hold on to. Mm. You know, a lot of actors, I feel like they draw from their pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, when my father passed away, that was, like, probably my best year of, like, acting because, like, I could just say is I could say my dad and like it would just fall oh my god but you know I was able to kind of allow myself to move on and, and grieve and move past it mm-hmm. and I don't want to keep holding in my back pocket and hold on to it forever and all yeah. the anger and, and pain yeah just so I could be able to cry on camera no that's not so like yeah like I've definitely grown out of it mm-hmm. so I'm like ah well when and I need to cry I'll just you'll do it and you know you can when I think like I'm not I'm not, like, crying every time I think about my dad anymore. Mm. I don't want to forget him. Mm. No. But it's not that. I still cry sometimes when I'm, like, those days where I'm, like, I want to just call him, and then I realize, oh, I can't. Yeah. You know, like, those those days happen. Yeah. I think it's still there, but, yeah, we we have to release it. I mean, this is, this is such a tough industry where we get rejection a lot. Mm. We get, um, we get a lot of stuff happens to actors, and we don't need to add to any more of it. You know, yeah. like, we don't need to add any more stress and horrible things when we're already dealing with self-esteem issues because mm-hmm. we're like, well, we lost the role to that beautiful blonde, <laughs> and you're like, mom, I'm no more class. You know, so, like, anything that we could take off that plate of, like, self-criticism and, like, pain and, and whatever mm-hmm. is helpful. Okay, can we start from, um, not, like, the beginning, the beginning, but did you go to college? I did. And then, did you, what was, I'm so sorry, I don't want to say the wrong thing. You did not, is it the military? Was it the Marines? Was yes. it, you did Marines? It's the same thing. Okay. Well, I know sometimes if you say the wrong thing, people are like, oh, don't lump me in with those people. I did. So, you went to, what did you do in undergrad? Um, I did a theater degree. Okay, B- cool. A BFA in theater um, with a minor in music and naval science. Okay, and uh, I was at Jackson University in Florida. It was fine. It was fine. Okay. Um, I tried finishing my master's, but like I was getting my master's in journalism and mass communication and PR. Mm-hmm. But the, the university I was going to, because it's like an online program, I was like two courses away from getting my master's. But throughout the whole thing, like they kept raising the tuition every semester yeah so like at first it was five hundred dollars a credit hour by the time i was almost done it was almost 900 a credit hour so i ran out of my loan money yeah and i didn't get to finish my degree and i was like you know what guys like and now i'm like at that point where like i kind of want to go back and finish it and they said yeah. the program's gone and i'm like you know what oh so i just wasted you know over 10 grand uh-huh. and then like what am i supposed to do now you know like start all over yeah almost but. having a master so what was the naval science thing um, well, I was in ROTC because I was an officer in the Marine Corps, so we have to do, like, sub-courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, like, you take it, you take, you have to take a naval course, like, every semester. But if you okay. took, like, two extra ones, you could technically get a minor in it. Mm-hmm. And minors don't, I don't think they really mean anything. Yeah. But I got they a don't. minor in it. <laughs> I think, I think I might have a double minor. I, yeah. I don't know, I don't use anything. Um, so did you grow up doing theater or acting? Uh, yeah. Yeah, um... 
I was I was a pretty bullied kid and, and pretty shy, but there was something about being on stage where I was able to be someone else mm-hmm. that helped me kind of transform and find who I was. Mm. Um, and my like first real performance was in The Wizard of Oz. My brother and sister were both in it. My brother was a tin man, and my sister was like one of the trees, and, yeah. like, and we were both ensemble. But I was a jitterbug. I think that's, like, the f- most fun number in the show. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. But it was crazy. It was, like, my... I remember my mom saying, like... Because, like, I was an Aussie, too, and I was also, like, a sunflower or whatever, like... A, a poppy? A, pop, a poppy, a poppy, right? I've been in that show twice. And they said, like... My mom's like, yeah, you're okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then she's like, but when you came out as the jitterbug, because I had a mask, mm. you know, like, I really, like, embodied oh. the character. And it was so interesting. She's like, she's like, you were amazing up there. And I was like... Uh, yeah, because, like, I felt like I was able to, like, hide behind a mask, yeah. which is so horrible to say that, like, the only way I felt free was when I was hiding. No, 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 But, no. like... How old were you? Uh, it was probably, like, seventh grade, eighth okay. grade. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so in middle school, I, like, sixth grade, like, sat by myself. I had, like, really bad social anxiety about, like, talking to about anyone, but I always did the school plays. I usually got a big role. And I remember in eighth grade feeling too scared to talk to anyone, but having the those same people in the audience, and I was playing the cat in the hat. I had on a tight black leotard, a little tuxedo jacket. I like I had every reason to be like body conscious, self conscious, and I like came out and I was like, bam, yeah. Whoa, huh. And I like went back into the classroom, just kind of like you know little old me again, and everyone was like. What? Yeah. I was not scared at all to be that. Someone else. I think I'd be more nervous now to be in front of all my friends in a leotard and dance. But I somehow, doubt it. In, but in eighth grade, I, it was, everyone was like, well, how did you do that? And I was like, well, I was being a cat. Exactly. The cat wasn't scared. I, I'm as Rebecca, a very anxious person, but the cat was fine. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I felt way it, more comfortable. It was, it was like a, a turning point. Mm-hmm. And then like. Like, I was still very shy in high school. Like, I never kissed a boy, never drank, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't go to the parties. Me neither. But um, I was very involved in, like, the theater and the choir, and, like, I did sports and stuff like that. Um, but then I was in Midsummer Night's Dream, and I was Bottom the Weaver. Oh. So I got to also wear masks. What a good yeah. role. And it was the first time I got a standing ovation. The entire crowd stood up for me, and I was oh. like, this is where I'm meant to be. <laughs> And then I did Elizabeth Proctor in The Crucible, which I thought was lame, but I apparently did a good job. Okay. Well, that's a... Elizabeth Proctor is also a thankless role. Yeah. He hath his goodness now. It's like, okay, cool. Like, I mean, everyone wanted to be Abigail, and I lost the role, but but then they're like, no, Elizabeth is... I thought it was cool that I got the last line of the, the, the show. I'm like, well, that's cool. Yeah. But Bottom of the Weaver was like my... The pinnacle of high school. That's so cool. Was that junior year? Probably junior or senior junior year. year. I don't really remember. Yeah. yeah. That, it's a, there's some of those roles that really leave an impression on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that because you're like tall and gorgeous. And they were <laughs> like, they were like, let's make her the, it, well, like the, the fool, the like kind of oafish character, but he steals the whole freaking show. Yeah. He's the best character. Oh, in the yeah. Show. By far. Yeah. It was amazing. I loved it. That's when I started like doing com, like I felt mm-hmm. like I can do comedy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I do more com- comedy than I do drama. Mm-hmm. It's easier for me, but I love drama. Mm-hmm. I love like Romeo and Juliet. Like I would, I would read all of uh, Juliet's like uh, monologues mm-hmm. like on the 
on the end of our like staircase and we make my parents sit there and, like, <laughs> like you guys just watch my watch my performance you know and it was I don't know so yeah my, my comedy journey started and that was super fun well I think with comedy because like I was reading this Robin Williams said it and some of the saddest people mm. love making other people laugh yeah. and I was like oh, I totally relate to that because you know like um I, being bullied as, as a kid it was horrible and I was always sad and I thought to myself whenever I saw someone else get bullied I would like step up and get yeah. angry and block them and I loved the idea of always making other people laugh mm, mm-hmm. and when you make other people laugh with you instead of at you yeah, you kind of get your power back mm-hmm. and I think that was a big thing it's like well if they're going to make fun of me for being like I, you know, I wasn't the most attractive. Like, I'm just going to, like, call myself, you know, um, a troll or whatever. And, mm-hmm. like, it would be funny. And, like, people would laugh about it. And they're like, oh, she doesn't take herself too seriously. And then it would just, like, stop. Mm-hmm. You know? And, I, and it's I, horrible, but it's, can like... Can I ask, what were you bullied about? Um, it was, like, fifth grade. It was, well, actually, it probably happened a little bit before that. But I had lice, and then my mom shaved my head. Oh, no. So, yeah, everyone thought it was a boy, and I was called Hishi, and, like, it was pretty, it was pretty I, rough. So your mom just one day was like, all right, come here, babe, and just no, buzzed we you? Yeah, no, we went to a, a hair place, and then they just Were right you down scared? Of course. I tried wearing a wig at first, and people noticed, and then I would wear a hat, and, like, you know that scene in, um... First of all, I've been told I look like Anne Hathaway since I was young, but yeah. that scene in Princess Diaries... Yeah. Uh, where they're like, um, Miss, Mr. Anderson, like, there's no hats allowed in class. Like, that has happened to me. <laughs> and then the teacher's like, she has special permission, like, leave her alone. Yeah. And they're like, oh, is it because she's a he, she? And it was like, it was horrible. And, like, I, I um, it sucks. But, you and know, it, I think it was necessary and for it, me did to it stick understand with you? things. Oh, for a while, yeah. Like, kids can I, be I, so mean. My, my first experience with a boy was in fifth grade, too. It wasn't an experience, let's just say. Um, I loved, I was in, like, in love with this, like, boy. And um, his friends kept being like, hey, Nick wants to be your boy boyfriend. And I was like, what, really? And they're like, yeah, yeah, he thinks you're so hot. And I'm like, oh, my God. And they're like, yeah, right, you're a he-she. And they all started throwing sand in my face, yelling he-she. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was like, so then, like, throughout high school and into college, I literally was like, I don't trust when guys are like, you're attractive. Oh. Yeah, you know, I'm like, well, I'm a- like, you liar. <laughs> Where's the sand? Like, it was, it was horrible. Like, um. That's all, that's honestly. Uh, there was mean girls who, like, uh, convinced me to put, like, super glue on my lips, too, once. What? What did they tell you would happen? They're like, I want some chapstick, and they like pretend <gasps> to put it on. And I was like, No, it's. I say it's going like, No, it's a brand. It like, it's not. I don't know. It was stupid, but I felt like they were just gonna keep doing it until I. That's so mean. I don't know. I I think I think bullying is tough because like, I was bullied a lot, and then I do feel like sometimes, it made me a little harder against people. Mm. Like people think I'm 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 tough sometimes. They're like mm-hmm. they're like it's. I'm like yeah, because like I'm very. I, I'm very protective of myself. And, yeah. like, I can... And I, I was bullied so much. Like, I can tell when a girl is going to be whatever she's going to be, and I won't let them into my life. Yeah. And then I look like the bad guy. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I've learned to not let everyone in my life. Yeah. Like, I, I was... I just don't like it. No. So, I, if I don't like someone, I think I think it's okay. I think... Yeah. But then it's like, it's like we're in this age where, like, we're supposed to love everyone, and we're supposed to all be friends, and, like, mm-hmm. if you don't like everyone, then... And I'm like, no, you know, like... 
not not everyone needs to play a part in your heart. Yeah, no. Because it's I think I've I've learned how to protect it. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a very close uh, group of friends where I'm like, these are my people that I've allowed into my everything else is like, you know, like I, I grow with people. Around. That doesn't make sense. You can take that out, but like, so being open and vulnerable with people, bringing it back to the acting thing, how has that worked for you? Um, is it kind of separate? I think it's easy for me to show myself, mm. like to like the camera. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, allowing other people to show themselves to me, sometimes I'll be like... Like, I was telling you in class, just, uh, in class yesterday, one of my, my things that I wanted to do was, like, intimacy. Like, I wanted to yeah. be able to keep eye contact with someone longer. Yeah. So I really did try that. I was really trying to keep eye contact with people and, like, focus in without, like, laughing and feeling embarrassed. Yeah. Because I just I feel like, oh, gosh, they can see me. Like, I need to run. I need to hide. Mm. Um, so intimacy is very difficult for me. I, I, I'm not good with kissing scenes. I don't like doing them. Mm-hmm. If anything, I... I I hope I never have to. Do you do Unless it it's like with like Tom Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> then you're like, all right. I'm like, okay, fine. We'll add it in. They're like, they're like, you're the barista. I'm like, I think we can fit it somewhere in the with script. With my character. Yeah, like I feel art. like she needs to get that. So have you had to do a lot of intimate scenes? Uh, no, I've never done a sex scene. I don't think I would. Okay. Um, I, I usually tell my agents that like, no. Don't want to be sentient. No, I don't want to. No. Um, unless it's like. No, I just, I, yeah. I don't think, most of the time, I don't think it's needed. Mm. Yeah. I think a lot of implied scenes. Yeah. Where it's like, it shoots the next day, gives me just as much vibe. I don't need to see them, like, going at it. Yeah. Like. No, I've done some um, intimacy choreography, um, just because I... I heard those are really cool. But, like, my first kiss was um, on stage, and I was told Mine I was... Mine, too. <gasps> Stop it. When, how old were you? College. Oh. I was... I was like 16 and I didn't I don't count that as my kiss I think my like first kiss was right. in college but um but he like th- we were told we didn't look good enough so we had to like practice backstage and so the first time I kissed a guy for real I was like does this look does this look good does it look like I'm into it but you know like your eyes are closed yeah no one needs to know if I'm into it or not but my first reaction but I, I was always concerned with how it looked yeah. So when I was finally kissing a guy because I wanted to, it was really weird. Yeah. Anyways, um, so intimacy scenes. Intimacy also doesn't mean just kissing and sex. It's everything. One of my friends doesn't. She has this weird thing about being touched. I don't like it. On the ribs. And so the director was like, you're going to be pulled under the table and you're going to be grabbed by the ribs. She's an amazing fighter. She can do, she, you could pull her under the table and she could be safe. But she just said, please, I can't be grabbed from behind. And um, they were like, you're not, like, no, it's fine. Don't, don't be difficult. And she was like, okay. She had a panic attack during one of the shows because there wasn't an advocate. Because I consider an intimacy choreographer as the advocate on set to make sure, like, I would talk to you, I would talk to the person you're going to do the scene with, and I would have talked to the director. And I would know what the director wants, and then if one of them is not comfortable with it, I'm like, yo, because um, I'm like, I'm going to be working with Sawyer on the new show. Um, he told me, he said, Boz says you are the intimacy choreographer. And I was like, I don't know if he really wants me, but he's been told he's working with me, which I think is going to be good um, for people to see that Vernal and Sears is standing behind this because yeah, it's important. Of course. And, um, but it's really just, it doesn't have to be like, oh, you touch her hand, then the hand comes up. It can be just as simple as that. Yeah, but you just kind of... 
set your limitations and you say your nose. And then sometimes the limitations are actually the director's like, oh, I wouldn't ask her to do this. But then if I'm to talk to the girl and she's like, no, that's fine. Then sometimes you can go farther than you think you could initially. So it's not, I think directors are like, oh, you're trying to stifle my creativity. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to make sure that everyone feels comfortable and yeah. they can, we can all agree on what's, um, what, what works for the piece. Yeah. And everybody's I'm, safe. I'm very much on the ask permission. Yes. Like, um, I have the sound people and the costume people's bless their hearts, but like sometimes they, they don't, they think that, they, that I'm just property. They can, they're like, yeah. oh, put it on the actor. You know, and I'm always like sound like I can put the mic down myself. Like I yeah. think about don't put your hand on my shirt. They're like, no, I, I just need to make sure the mic's there. I'm like, I've done this. Like I I, I got it. The yeah. mic will be there. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I and it, they make me feel guilty for not wanting their hand down my shirt. Yeah, and I'm like, excuse me. I'm a person. But it's the mic will be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and then like there's this one like there, this happened recently and like it really upset me, but I didn't say anything because like. I was only on set for two days, and I didn't want to be a problem. Like, yep. I think that's another thing women have to deal with is, like, not wanting to be a problem. You know? We don't want to be like, oh, my God, she was so, so difficult. Yeah. But, like, this costume lady, she um, she would just come up to me and adjust. She'd be like, and, like, would touch my boobs and, like, yeah. would just, like, kind of fix my shirt without asking. She would just come up and be like, oh, let me just, and then. Grab your boobs. Yeah. And I'm like, just because you're a woman doesn't give you the right to just touch me like that. I no. You don't know who I am. Like, I actually don't like being touched like that at all by anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, my family, we're not the biggest huggers. We barely hug or kiss. Like, mm. you don't, like, it just, it kind of bothers me. It's like, if we expect men to hold up to this standard of, like, do not touch me without permission, yeah. we need to also hold ourselves up. I always ask permission. Even with, like, hold... Do you feel comfortable with me holding your hand in this scene? Yeah. Always. Yes. Because, like, I even, I was in this film, and, like, I was, like, dating in this, in the scene, one of, in this guy I knew. Mm-hmm. But he's known me for so long, I think he just felt comfortable touching me. Yeah. But I wasn't comfortable with it. And I was, mm. like, I was, like, please check in on me. Mm. And then he'd be, like, it's not a big deal. Like, you know? Mm. And I'm, like, just because we're friends, like, when it comes to these kind of things, like, do not That's grab different. me like that. Like, it's still no? different. You it always did. still check in. I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. I'm like, check in with everything. Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. You know? Because, like, yeah, maybe I'll deal with it, but I'm holding my breath with anxiety. I'm like... Mm. Yeah. And, and I don't want to feel that way. And also, like, let's... Whenever I have been checked... For one, no, I don't like... I, I'm comfortable with doing it, but I don't like random assertion on my body. But whenever anyone has checked in with me, and I'm kind of like, yeah, of course. Of course you can grab my hand or you can move my hair. And also, if you ask me, I'm going to trust you a little bit more. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. If someone was really respectful of something. Um, yeah. I mean, intimacy, I do think it's a class that needs to be taken. Yes, Especially, for sure. like, if you go to a callback and you're like, we need to see your guys' chemistry right away. Mm-hmm. You don't have time. Yeah. You don't have time to build a rapport, take them out for coffee and understand what they're like. You no. Know? Like, uh... I, 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 there's definitely a need for the class. There's definitely a need for, like, you to be an yeah. intimacy person. Like, there should be, anytime there's any physical contact, there should be an intimacy person yep. on set. Like, just because I think we're past the point of, of the times where this is excusable. No. Where yeah. things happen and you're like, I had a horrible experience just because no one was there to say, hey, 
let me protect her a little bit, you know? And I think one of the, so I worked on this tiny little theater thing, and I pretty much, I ran on, and I, like, leaped into a guy's arms, and I, like, kissed him, and we ran off, and then I kissed him again, and one of the main reasons I wanted to do it is, for one, I had never done intimacy choreography myself. I wanted to make sure I could pull it off, and also I wanted a whole new group of people to see what an intimacy choreographer was, and once they knew... Um, and I was kind of educating everyone on it because sometimes there isn't an intimacy choreographer but if you've worked with one all of a sudden in an audition room I was auditioning for a production of Hamlet and um, the director was like old school and she's like telling the Hamlet guy she was like I want you to grab her and I want you to like shake her and so I immediately turned to him because I now feel comfortable doing it because I know my rights and I'm like hey you can grab me at the top of my arm or um, you can grab me at the tops of my arm, or you can, I think, like a little bit further down, or my shoulders. I think that's what I told him. And he was respectful of that, because I had given him parameters. Yeah. And, and I think if I wouldn't have taken it, I would have been like, um, okay, I don't want to be a bother. But since I know, I feel empowered to tell him. And then eventually the director wanted him to do more, and so she grabbed me and she like, like pushed me. And then later they were like, oh, you weren't right for this show, but we'd love to see you for this. And I was like, no, thank you. No, thank you, because you weren't respectful of my personal space. And I was like, if you can't respect my personal space, I bet you're really difficult to work with. I asked the other actors in the waiting room, I was like, what does she like to work with? And they were like, she's she's not great, but she's local and she's this. And I'm like, no, thanks. People who do that have this like power dynamic. Mm -hmm. They like to think that they can use you like a commodity. Like they mm -hmm. can just throw you around because you're their toy and you're their you're their thing to mold on stage. You're like that's not that's not no. how it works. You know, like I, I I was at my Shakespeare and draft auditions the other day, and they partnered me up with uh, my friend Kat Altman. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, hey, I have an idea for the scene. Like I want to like on this line like come up and like choke you and like grab mm -hmm. your face. How do you feel about that? And she goes, okay, yeah, not my neck. Can you do my chin? I'm like, okay, cool. So this is fine. Like, yeah, I know her. Like, well, like I love but her. But you don't know how but her neck works. Yeah, I'm for not her. gonna just grab her neck in the scene and be like, oh, let's just go with the flow. It's yeah. like no. And it turned out to be a great scene. Yeah. And she was ready for it, and she was able to react to it, and like it was real still, like without having this thing of like, whoa, why'd you grab me like that? Like yeah. I feel violated. Like that's acting is supposed to be a fun beautiful experience that we're able to like live through these lives of other people and just like even if we have a horrible thing that happens like in um the color purple mm -hmm. yeah you know like you're you're really living a, a life that was very difficult mm -hmm. it's already difficult you don't need to add any more difficulty with like mm -hmm. oh let's just be spontaneous and hey, you can do whatever you want to her, and, like, we'll just capture it on... Like, that's not fair, because now this actor, after after Oprah, like, kills it on the screen, mm -hmm. now she has to go on with her life being like, I have PTSD from filming a film. It's yeah. like, no. But I want to be able to feel like I'm in a safe place. Yeah, because, um, have you seen Big Little Lies? I have, I've seen it, like, two episodes. I've okay. not really watched so it. So, Nicole Kidman, when she was accepting mm. her did you hear about this? No, but when, the scene where she was getting with, beat up? with, with she Alexander Skarsgård. She actually got beat up. No, she didn't. No, 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 like, they, she would say, like, oh, I came home covered in bruises, and I would, like, cry in Keith's arms, like, on purpose. She told Bill, and Bill was like, uh, she's like, um, Bill's so lovely. She's like, but I told him, like, no, go for it. Like, we, and so she was like, then when she was, like, accepting the word, she was like, thank you to all the women from physical assault, because, like, 
kind of like I understand and I'm like yes because now on camera I didn't watch an acting in a scene I'm just watching you get physically assaulted and that's not acting that's it's so dangerous bullshit. for your mind but like gosh that's mm. that's tough mm-hmm. you know and it sucks because it sets a precedence for all the other actors like if you don't go this hard mm-hmm. you're not a good enough like, actor and it's like that's not fair no I'm not gonna get beat up like I had to survive a whole childhood yeah. of crap so you're thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna willingly go and do all this stuff and if I don't I don't deserve an award like you know what keep your award then yeah and then also it's like let's say you do that and then people know that, and then a younger actor is looking up to you, yeah. and they're like, oh, but I love Tatiana, and she did it for this project, so then you're just, you're just perpetuating yeah. it. You're just, and so, yeah, if you walk away, or if you stand up for yourself, and you're like, that's not okay, yeah, maybe you're losing out on a part, but you're also protecting a younger, yeah, a younger, younger generation. For sure, because now, like, um, can we talk about Swiped for a yeah, second? Yeah, totally. Okay. Cool. I'm looking at the poster. For one, I just want to say all of y'all's promo because I it was before I saw it, but I saw all your promo and I was like, this looks so freaking legit. Yeah. Y'all did a great job. Thank with, you. Yeah, everything. Where did it come from? Because y'all are a part of a comedy group called Fine China Comedy. Mm-hmm. And then is she your friend? What's her name? Sailor. 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 Is she a part of it? And did y'all brainstorm it out? Yeah. So we used to be roommates. Okay. And, um, oh wow. This was we started Fine China when this was a time when I was in another sketch team. Okay. And it was like all boys pretty much, mm-hmm. and they were just not giving me the parts I wanted. I was like sexy nurse and cheerleader and, and secretary and damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck, guys? Like I want to be the like doctor crazy. Like, mm-hmm. no, it's a guy part. Like, guys are funnier. And I was like, oh, okay. Were, were they actually, it, is it one of those microaggressive ways that they put you in your place? Or did they actually say, guys are the funny ones. Yes. You're the girl. Wow. They actually they actually said, Dang. and I'm not going to say who it was, but, like, they did say men are funnier. Great. And I was like, okay. Okay, well, I can't grow anymore here. You know? Like, and I, and I was like, I was like, how dare you? How dare you tell me that, um, men, like, who are you? Mm. Who are you tell me that? Melissa McCarthy's freaking killing it right now. Amy Poehler, I look up to her and Tina Fey so much. Yeah. Tell me they're not funny. And tell me they're not hilarious and brilliant women. And I think they're used as references a lot, but I just want to point out my little sister is the funniest person I know. Like, nice. Also, like, the women in, I don't know about your life, but my life, humor is such a big thing, and I surround myself with women who are so freaking funny. Yeah. I, I, I'm I like, okay, sorry, I don't think you've met any of my friends. I know. Um, cause I'm like, <laughs> what is your small view on women that yeah. you think that none of them are funny? You think we're all just baking in the kitchen right now? <laughs> like, it's, like, whatever. Anyway, so, like, because of that, I, um, I was living with Sailor at the time, mm-hmm. and I was like, I want to just start my own comedy group where it's all women, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but we'd still use men, we, but we'd be a production thing. Like, we would actually yeah. film sketches instead of, the other team we only did stage stuff, which I just don't think reached that far. Yeah, you know, I was, I don't I was think like, I was like, a no. huge scene for it in Atlanta. Yeah. But like, you know, we weren't. I, I haven't booked anything at this point. I was like, I want to keep busy on doing something creative. Mm-hmm. So like, by by filming our own sketches, we were able to learn about filmmaking. Yeah, which made us better actors in the end because like we understood like camera angles better and, and lighting and mm-hmm. like sound and how important sound is. Oh my gosh, you know, like so many learning experiences from doing these sketches. And these sketches we weren't doing for money. Mm-hmm. We were doing so we could just have a creative outlet to keep us busy. 
mm-hmm. you know? And then uh, one day I, like, woke up and I was, I always have, like, my, my scripts, like, I dream about them. And then mm-hmm. I wake up and I have to, like, write them down. And I thought, I, it was like, we remember, we came up with this about two and a half years ago, almost three years ago. Wow. The idea of swiping right on an app and then also swiping cards, mm-hmm. like the double entendre kind of thing. Like, it means two things. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's a cool idea. You know, so then we just started writing, and like a lot of the scenes that we talked about, we wrote in this were just conversations that me and her have had. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just started developing more and more. But it took us two years to film because, like, the literally like the first day that we had scheduled for filming, the week before, I booked this like role in a television show that was yeah. filming for five months. What was it called again? It was called Superstition. I've looked, I've looked up clips of it and stuff. Yeah, it was oh such a great experience. Like the most amazing cast and crew I've ever worked with. Wow. I was very blessed to work with such a positive environment. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoyed going on set every day, and I know there's sets out there that like are difficult, mm-hmm. but. I, I loved everyone there. Like, I would go... I, I knew everyone's name in the crew. Like, I would go hang out in the sound booth with all the sound people. Like, I loved it. It was yeah. it was the best experience ever. But it delayed our shooting because now I'm, like, on a show full-time. And our DP was also on Black Lightning at the time where he does mm-hmm. sound for them. So, like, we could only shoot, like, one scene a month on either a Saturday or a Sunday. Like, so it took forever. Yeah. And as time went by, though our humor started changing. So the script started changing. Mm. Like, what you saw was not the original script. We, like, rewrote scenes. We changed scenes. We added scenes. Mm -hmm. And it developed into something new. Mm -hmm. So then this year, like, um, we were like, you know what? We need to just get this done. So I booked the plaza. I'm like, we're doing it. It needs to be done by then. You booked the oh oh, For this private screening. Yeah. Wow. I I I was like, we're gonna have it done by this date. And we weren't even ready. Like, we didn't even finish filming the scene. Like, we two scenes we still had to fi- finish filming. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it's our were, deadline. It, it pushes us to finish. Definitely. Were they um, Were they two of the bigger scenes? What were, like, some um, of the last ones? To the last there? ones that I... We added in a scene with my mom. Yes. We added that scene because we didn't oh, have enough sympathy for that's my character. such an important scene. Yeah. And we had a scene before where I was just yelling on the phone, like, whatever. Like, I'm just going to give guys a blowjob on the road. You know, mm-hmm. screw you. And it just, there was no sympathy for the character. So mm-hmm. we rewrote the scene, reshot it, and then we also added the scene where uh, Sailor was, like, on the toilet with, like, a um, phone call. Mm-hmm. So we add a little more depth to her character. Mm-hmm. And then we added the, the special different ending. Yeah. After the, yeah. Oh. So that was new. I dreamt about that. Like, and I was like, guys, I think I have I have a little, like, twist. I, at the end. I you love know? that. Yeah. So we added a bunch of this stuff. Um, and remember, like, this was not the original script. So, like... Everything changed. How was it being a producer slash writer where you have to look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, um, this performance right now is not, um, she's not, not likable. But, you know, like, she's, there's no sympathy for her. We must change something. Well, what was great is that um, Derek Evans, the director, he, he was the biggest part of this whole thing. Mm. Um, I mean, producing was very stressful. Like, I had to deal with times and, and locations and stuff like that. But Derek has such a great eye, a keen eye uh, for story mm-hmm. you know and he was like he's like Tatiana I'm, I'm cutting this together and it's just there, there's not enough likability for oh, this wow. character so he would like kind of guide me in those ways like we need something here and I was like mm-hmm. okay and I would write this he's like he's like so he would actually help shape a lot of the storyline mm-hmm. he's such a brilliant editor he edited that thing yeah like me and Sailor and my, our friend Jared did the first cut mm-hmm. but it, w- it was like it was okay you know mm-hmm. And then Derek came in and he did his magic touches and, like, it just became this beautiful thing. And we're like, we didn't know it was going to look like this. Because, like, when we first edited it, we're like, 
It, yeah, that's, that's okay. And then, like, the, the, the power of editing. Because it looks like it looks like something that could properly be on any streaming site. Uh, yeah. That's uh, insane. I want people to see it so bad. I, I do, too. I do, too. Um, I mean, when we had our, our screening, it, it was such a magical night. Like, we mm. made it a big uh, thing. We had, like, three outfit changes. Mm-hmm. We had... Um, and then we had some shorts from our friends that, oh, like, showed before. And they were all beautiful shorts. We were very lucky. And it was exciting. So, like, we got to show that. We had my friend Neil ready. He was... Um, he was on Queer Eye, and he, uh, he he's a comedian. He, he emceed the whole thing, and he did a fantastic oh, cool. job. Wait, was he one of, like, the heroes on Queer Eye? Yeah, he was one of the... He was the Indian guy. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, cool. he's fantastic. That's I, really I cool. love him. He uh, he emceed it for us, like, last night. We're like, hey, can you just, like, do the whole show? Yeah. And he's like, oh, sure. That's amazing. <laughs> and, um, and then we had um, Allison uh, do, like, a like interview portion at the end. It was such a magical night. It yeah. was so magical. Um, so what was it like putting this team together? Like, were the actors in it friends, or did you audition people? I auditioned people, and so I did put out the uh, breakdown on Actors Access, but I did, like, also personally request some friends that I thought would fit the role. Yeah. And made them tape. Yeah. And then, like, the people who fit it, it was just, it fit. Mm-hmm. That was it. it. Like, it just, like, they did it, and I was like, that's the character. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's so interesting to watch that, because you're like, there's people that, like, I was like, they're going to kill it, and it just didn't fit right. Mm. And I'm like, it's nothing personal. Like, these people are amazing actors, but this wasn't what I wanted in the role, you know? Mm-hmm. And when I when I uh, cast all these people, I wasn't thinking race at all. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I, I auditioned everybody, and, like, it just happened to be these people fit it. Mm-hmm. Like, like Adam, Adam Laborde's in it. Okay. And he played the angry guy, like the um, the guy with the, the wallet. Yes, yes, yes. And I auditioned a bunch of people for that role. It was a small role, but it it needed to be right. It's, it's so important. It, yeah, it needed to be right. Where like you know, in the way he read it, I was like, that's exactly what it is. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be over the top. I wanted it to be kind of subtle, you know. And like he just like. But like you hate him. Yes, exactly. But like it wasn't too much. Like he mm-hmm. just seemed like a douchebag. Mm-hmm. But like it wasn't like. I'm trying to play it, you know, like, and, like, a lot of auditions came like that, and I was like, no, that's not what it is, you mm. know? So, did you, you didn't change any of your casting? Um, no, because, remember, I, I we cast this two and a half years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went through a lot of auditions, mm-hmm. and, like, like, Megan, she's one of my good friends, she's the one who played Tina, she's, like, through the window with the British accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She killed it. Yes. I auditioned so many girls for that, and, like... Uh, you know, it's sometimes it's exciting to like open your auditions to everyone out there, like have people tape, but then you watch and you're like, it's just not there. Yeah. And then Megan is just, she's so trained and like, mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, this, that's the character. Like she's so freaking perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She comes on set with so many ideas. She like comes and says, she's like, do you want this accent or this one or this one? She's like, I, I worked in different dialects. Can I ask how it was casting there's a really funny joke about the there's like the hot alternatives to you and yes. sailor what was it like casting oh. your hot alternatives so that was another thing that was another thing we had to kind of pick people who sort of looked like us but better looking right yeah, she the girl that you victoria she's really does look a lot like you yeah yeah that's why we chose <laughs> her because like we were we were um I, we auditioned a lot of like brown hair girls and redheads yeah like a lot just like kind of there and Hannah is like one of Sailor's best friends. And when she did the audition, she was like so dry. And I was like, this girl's me. Like, because I was like, I was like, she can audition, but like, we'll see. We'll you see. You know? But then she did it. I was like, yeah, she does kind of look like you. Yeah. And she did fantastic. And then Victoria killed it too, because we had a lot of girls audition for that part. And Victoria does look like a better version of me. Like, she has like this killer body. 
She's gorgeous. She's very But she's fit. still, like, in my type. Like, you yes. know, brown hair. She, like She's yeah. the kind of girl that y'all would probably be going oh, in for the same role. For roles. sure. Also, you're beautiful. It's But it, she's beautiful in a very um, polished, I would yes. say. More. Yeah. And, and probably in a way that, like, I think a lot of girls look at the more... We don't look at the more grungy version of ourselves. We look at, like, the more glamorous, put-together version of ourselves. And we're like... Oh, I'm such a schlub and I'm oh, such yeah. a hot mess. Oh no, we 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 were so happy when we found out. Then we're like, they really are the skinnier, <laughs> taller like versions of us, and it was it was perfect. Like I love it, it, it worked out. Um, I messaged Hannah afterwards and I was like, you were so good. Yeah. And if these episodes keep going, like the hot versions of them have to keep coming back. Because it's so, because yeah. also I remember there was a girl in my drama school class I told one of my friends like really mopey. I was like, yeah, she would play me in a movie because she's like a prettier version of me. And Megan was like, shut up. What does that have to do with anything? I know, I know. It used to be like you had to be like a size zero blonde with like whatever. Mm-hmm. And now it's like more like women we can relate to are, are like on the big screen. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm like, oh, I can see myself in her. She's a little bit of a hot mess. You know, yeah. she's not completely perfect put together. I always think of, like, ten things I hate about you. Yeah. Like, Kate Hudson's gorgeous, and, like, she's a skinny, perfect thing. How is she single? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. in, in the movie, it, it didn't make sense. No, it, it doesn't. Like, she's like, oh, I just... I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, yeah. then you have, like, guys knocking at your door every other day. Uh, come, come into my she's world. She's actually... In that movie specifically, she's scary thin. Is she? I I, I remember I, it very well. I like, remember watching it and just like she's got like the whole like rib above yeah, the boob action. They're also skinny, man. Th- that was I think the age where like you had to be skinny. Like to diet be. culture was like this huge thing, and everyone was pretty much trying to starve themselves at all times. Oh yeah, and now it's much better. Now girls are like with hips, and you're like, yeah. oh my god, thank god. So oh. how did this? So y'all put this up. How did you get connected with the director and the editor? Uh, the director, I met him when I first moved here. We were in a film together. It was a horrible film. <laughs> but then he also f- wrote his own feature. It mm-hmm. was called uh, The Bloody Fucking King of Britain. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Like, he made Atlanta look like England like, that, through his editing. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And it, fantastic. It was fantastically written, fantastically done. And he, and he cast me as, like, um, his younger self's mom. Okay. And when I was on set with him, he was so, like, distinct with um, the painting of the scene. Mm -hmm. So, like, he put me, he set me up there, and then he, like, he wanted the colors to be in the background, like, and he put, like, little trinkets, and he put, like, little Easter eggs in it. Mm. And I was just watching him, and I was like, I watched how much he cared about Mm. every detail. Yeah. You know when you go on sets, and they, like, just put a tripod, and they, like, a white wall, and you, like, just act. Go for it. And you're like, why are you wasting my time with this? I'll never use this footage, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he cared about his stuff. And I loved his intricacy in every detail. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and you know, we weren't getting paid for this film, but then he reshot like my scenes like four times throughout the two years. Oh, wow. But I was like, I'll come back as much as you want. Like, I. I because I, you know he cares. It's he, not because he's like, oh, the lighting. No, I didn't do reshoot, a good job. He would reshoot things. He's like, no, the scene doesn't fit now. And I would. And, like, he, he took a long time in his feature because he cared about it. Yeah. And I was like, I will be your Uma Thurman because I know that guy's going to go far. He's very talented. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'll come back as much as you want. And, like, I fell in love with Derek. I'm like, he's so he's so talented. Mm-hmm. And I was on a set where uh, I met the DP, and he was just, like, he's actually a boom operator, but he was, like, has camera equipment. He goes, hey, I'll, I'll film anything you want to do. I want to start getting my, my, like, DP reel up. 
Oh, and like he said, you produce it, executive produce it. And I was like, oh wow, we have funding for a film. Yeah, jumped on that. Yeah, I jumped on it. And then I asked Derek, I'm like, Derek, uh, here's my script. Would you be able to direct it? Because I didn't want to do too much. Like I've directed, mm. like I directed Fine China stuff, but I didn't want to take a chance on being a first time director on something that's important. Mm. I wanted to kind of let someone else's eye that you create trust. it. Yes, yes. And I trusted Derek very much. Mm. And um. So he he's he's like yeah I like the script let's do it mm-hmm. and he gave all of his time for free and he's he's a god he's a godsend and he he was fantastic and that's how that's how we met him like wow. like I've known him and I'm very close to him and um I think when you just meet somebody and you're like I really respect your your view on things mm-hmm. that's the only way like they can create your because okay so the thing is like his film was a very dramatic. Like, super Guy Ritchie t- type of film. Okay. Yeah. And our script is, like, a comedic sitcom sort of thing. Yeah. But we didn't want it to be filmed like a comedic sitcom. No. We wanted it to be filmed like a drama mm-hmm. with comedic writing. Yes. So with his eye and our words, I thought it would be a cool, interesting melt. Yeah, because it never felt, like, too unrealistic. Yes. You know, like, uh, because, I mean, also, as an actor in Atlanta, you're like, well, oh, see this. But, um... But yeah, it, it never got overly overly like campy yeah. or silly because I I'm guessing there was someone on set that was grounding the whole thing, you know. Yeah. And also the script wasn't super like, you know, it's not. It wasn't slapstick. No, it's what not. we didn't want it to be, you know, like. No. And it's it's all derived on the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this great scene, and I can cut it if you don't want anything revealed. But where y'all were like stealing drinks in the bar <laughs> at um. Is, was that something you've actually done? No. Or, like, where did y'all get the idea from? Oh, um... <laughs> You're like, why would I actually, you say that? I actually wanted to cut that scene. Oh, really? I just didn't like the way it was flowing with what I was doing. Okay. Um, we had a very limited time in that bar because we rented it out, so we didn't have much time to do, like... Mm. Um, but I got we got the idea of, like, how can we steal drinks because we're on a budget, we don't have money kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we have definitely done the flirting with guys to get free drinks. I think all girls do that. Definitely. And I don't know. I, I don't know where I got the idea, honestly. Like I think it's so clever. I think I it, just think the idea of like just I'm the I'm the server picking and up the drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Because like now waiters like we're dressed in street clothes and yeah, I I thought it was so clever and I think it showed so much like how the girls are like savvy. And it, oh, good. I'm yeah. glad that showed. Yeah, no, I can't hear. You look very surprised. No, I really liked the scene because it was also something, I don't know, I feel like all girls do it, like flirt to get the drink and then yeah, you leave. That's the typical, But yeah. then also that means it's always in films and so then it kind of becomes like a like a trope, yeah. you know? And um, I don't know. I mean, I can't lie. I don't think I've ever flirted for a drink. I, I just, I don't know. I think I'd be yeah. too nervous. But, um, but Yeah. No, I, I loved that. Oh, good. Yeah. So, wait, how did you end up in Atlanta? Uh, I was getting on the Marine Corps in North Carolina, and I was, like, starting to take acting classes again. Mm-hmm. And I met this gentleman um, who was teaching a little bit up there. And, he, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to just move to L.A. and, you know, finally pursue my life in acting that I've mm-hmm. always wanted to do. And he goes, don't go to L.A., go to Atlanta. Mm. And I was like, oh. And he goes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a... It's starting to grow, and it's going to probably be cheaper and easier. Yeah. So I said, yeah, sure. Okay. I, I, I just Isn't did Isn't it. it crazy how sometimes it can be just as simple as that? Yeah. I mean, I was on the East Coast already. I, I like going to new places. Yeah. 
And I was like, I didn't know anyone in Atlanta when I first moved down here. I just kind of picked an apartment, moved in, and, like, figured it out while I got here. But I, I also L.A., like, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a biggest fan of California at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I didn't want to just move across the country. That would have cost so much money. Atlanta was way closer. I was like, yeah. yeah, let me take a risk and do something new. Yeah. You know? But, so how did – what? how was the ROTC thing and the Marine Corps – like a part of your trajectory like you were studying acting and you knew you wanted to be an actor but you took this time off to be in the marines well um the military paid for college that's what rtc is yeah. like you just kind of serve your time after you get out mm-hmm. um i did the military because my stepdad kind of wanted me to like yeah uh, he was a recruiter at high school at the time so i did i got scholarship i did it uh the Marine Corps was a very challenging time of my life. Yeah. Very a lot of discoveries, a lot of growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you're um when you're only like 21 years old and you're you're telling crusty old Marines what to do, it, it's it's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, "Who are you to tell me I'm you're just because you're an officer?" I'm like, I, "I I don't know. I guess so." And like, still figuring my own life out. Like it it was it was tough. It wasn't the best transition, but I learned a lot of. School cool skills yeah. that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And when I transitioned to acting, being able to have that time management skills, having the rejection skills, mm-hmm. having the, like, the, the fortitude ability, like, mm-hmm. tenacity, you know, like, when you're going on a, like, a 20-mile hike with 150-pound gear and you have to be able to turn your, your mind off saying it doesn't hurt anymore, but even though it does, and you mm-hmm. just keep going, like, that is huge to mm-hmm. do in film. Yeah. Like, being able to say, we're going to finish. Like, we're going to get through it. Yeah. You keep going. A lot of people give up after, like, oh, it's too hard. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I've been through harder. So I think that yeah. it makes everything here a little little more manageable. Yeah. So the military is very helpful in that sense. Yes. Um, it, it also helped me get my commercial that's very um, nationwide uh, because they were hiring real veterans. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I had that opportunity, and now I'm their spokesperson, and I love the company. They're amazing people. It's yeah. like New Day USA. They're a veteran home loan company, which helped me get my home. Wow. Um, so it's the Marine Corps was a blessing and a curse. You know, was, yeah. there's a lot of horrible things that I think happened and took a toll on my psyche, mm-hmm. took a toll on my mental state, my, my health, but... Um, but when I got out of it, I think I was definitely stronger and more prepared than if I just went straight from high school to Broadway, which is what I wanted to do. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to go and make it happen. And it's like, I was not ready. No. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know? And then after going through all this, I'm like, oh, I can handle anything. I see all these people growing up trying to be actors. I'm like, you haven't even grown up yet? How are you going to do this? This is a very hard business. Yes. You know? So. I, um, so after drama school... I, you know, was in New York and L.A. and it wasn't working out. And um, and one of my friends in London kind of gave me some tough love, but I was not doing well psychologically. I was, I'm still seeing a therapist and I'm on meds now. And my friend said, what a blessing that you did not get what you wanted as soon as you got out of school because you're not in a good place or you were not in a good place. Yeah. So if you would have left gotten like cast on a CW show your big break you would have crashed and burned for sure because you are not doing well and then everyone was like oh you know you we gave you something you messed it up yeah you dropped the ball 
and then you can and so there's no longevity in a career where you can't hold on to it yeah like Mm -hmm. all those like poor like kid star one hit wonders you know or even the ones that aren't one hit wonders but like sink and crash like 10 times because the highs and lows are way big i've heard a lot of actors say like thank goodness i didn't get famous at yeah or like um actually zach galifianakis mm-hmm. was just listening to an interview i wouldn't say i'm a particularly big or small fan of his kind of indifferent but he got famous at 40 and he's like oh my gosh you're so would have gotten sucked into everyone oh, telling the, me how the, amazing i am oh yeah and he's like no he's like you didn't talk to me before the hangover now you want to hear what i think about the state of the nation he's like why or or Since what when do you about, care well what, like yeah, yeah. Like, you just want to be around yeah yeah i completely agree like i feel like i know i know how to i know who i am on set now mm. if i was 21 i wouldn't know you know who like you i on set uh I, I mean i know how to stand up for myself oh okay you know yeah. what i mean like I'm, I'm not gonna let someone push me over i don't care if you're a writer producer or director like yeah i'm not gonna be pushed into any kind of situation that's inappropriate mm-hmm. but i feel like at a younger age when we're like scared and we want something so bad You're like so that's probably where there. all the all the horrible like Weinstein stuff happens yeah. is when you're young and you don't know how to like say no because mm-hmm. you're like oh my god this is my only chance mm-hmm. me now like as an older woman I'm like excuse me do not do that to me you know yeah. like I will I will not stand for that kind of thing and yeah it's so true like until you're ready sometimes it's probably better so, to not to- <laughs> be in those like famous situations because you're like I, I, I wouldn't know how to stand up for myself when the, when the crowd comes and eats me alive what stuff that you've been asked to do? Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. Oh, okay. I don't... I, I very... That's what I'm saying. The Marine Corps helped me. Yeah. You know, like, I I, I was a... I was a big protector of, like, sexual harassment stuff, for sure. Like, wow. um, you know, like, a lot of that kind of stuff happens in, in, in the military. It did. Like, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Well, Especially women. I mean, like, it's... I'm not going to get into too much of, like... No, you're you know, fine. Like, I, I don't like talking bad about the Marine Corps. I think there's a lot of great stuff, but it just wasn't my fit. Mm-mm. I felt like I was always trying to climb an uphill battle mm-hmm. when I was in there. Like, I didn't fit as a Marine. Mm-hmm. I don't fit the culture. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with a lot of the stuff. I just felt, like, so out of place. I was always trying to catch up, mm-hmm. and I never caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that they just treat women is just so, like, backwards Mm-hmm. And, like, when I saw that, I was, like, I, like, vowed, like, this is not going to happen mm-hmm. in my, when I'm, when I'm out. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to let that happen. Like, I just don't. So, I'm a big advocate about that. It's, like, um, this is off topic, but I was, like, um, yeah. I was working at a restaurant and didn't realize, like, I found out later, like, most of the girls there were put in the position by the owner to, like, do inappropriate sexual favors. Yeah. In order to be moved up to bartender. And I, I knew the owner. I thought he was nice because I think he was, he was scared of me. Yeah. He was scared of me. He never would have said that to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because he was also married. Like it was, it was a hard, it was like a horrible thing when I found out that like most of the girls there like did stuff with like the managers to get bumped up, you know, like, and I, I was like, wait, what? How am I so unaware of this? And it's like, because, like, none of them would even try to do this with me. Because I'm, like, very firm on, like, not, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, being pushed down that way. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. It sucks seeing that. It sucks seeing how, like, how much people can get away with treating 
people like commodities. Like mm-hmm. they're just they're just something to, to play with and something to use and step on and yeah. just Well, I think that's one of the amazing things about the interviews that I've been doing so far is we think that, like, oh, I did, so I have this, like, I have this one episode with this amazing photographer, and she's a musician, and what she would be saying, I was like, oh my gosh, that's like in acting, with this and this, and actually there's so much crossover in life. Yeah. I think people are like, oh, I need to become a good actor, so let me go into acting immediately, but you're like, you have these life experiences that make you more... Um, not powerful, but like can stand up for yourself on set and be an advocate for other people because you've been doing that in maybe like the restaurant that you worked in or the Marine Corps and it, it it's all skills and it's life situations that keep repeating itself. Yeah. You know, there isn't just one situation where this is happening. Like sexual harassment happens Ugh, constantly, constantly everywhere in different situations and it always looks different. Yeah. And it's, and, and yeah, it's all about, oh, I don't want to be a problem. Yeah. You know, it's and, just, the and guys are unaware. They're like, oh, uh, she said yes. I'm like, I'm sure she did after because you like scared. begged yeah. a million times and like threatened things or whatever. They're like, no, no, I was just like, you know, she didn't have to say yes. Like, as a woman, I feel like we have this need to please, you know, and, and it's, and it sucks. It's like, you don't want to get rid of that kindness in you. Yeah, you don't. you don't. I hate, I hate sometimes when like, I'm so hardened by how horrible the world can be mm-hmm. that I'm like, screw you, no. Because, mm-hmm. like, I want to be able to love people and give them, like, things, but when that stuff starts getting abused, mm-hmm. you're like, you don't know where to turn. You don't know whether to keep being kind and giving or mm-hmm. to say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to just shut out and hate everyone. Yeah. And then, so it's like, you can't win either way sometimes. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't know where to turn. And oh, I don't I don't even know what I'm talking about. But like, no. it's just, that's just how I feel. It's just no. It's and and that's a balance that you're finding now. But also that was something that you were finding when you were way younger. Right. This is a bad segue. But you were talking about how you want to talk about your faith as well. Um. So you grow up in the church? Not really. Um. My mom has a past, and like, I have I have four other siblings, but we all have different parent, all have different dads. Mm-hmm. So like. My mom didn't really find her faith until later on in life. And, like, I kind of, like, started... My, my family started, like, bringing me to Christianity in, like, maybe middle school. Mm. Um, but, you know, it was kind of something that, like, was nice. And it was fun. Like, the summer camps were fun. And, yeah. And, like, in college I would go uh, to church on Sundays. But I would drink and, and have, like, tons of sex, like, during the week. Yeah. And then I'd go to church on Sundays and sit in the back row. And, like, it was never... It was never... Really? It was never a relationship for me. It was just kind of like a, a check off the box. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until... Because I always considered myself Christian. I was like... Thought it was not cool, but it was comforting. Yeah. And But until my, my father passed away, and I was in this horrible state of grief. Mm-hmm. Like, my last words to him was like, I never want to speak to you again. Oh, my god. So, like, having that on my, on my shoulders was so heavy. Can I ask how long ago that was? Uh... Four, four, four or five years ago. Okay, cool. Yeah, so like, um, it was so, it was such a heavy burden, and I was falling to like the pit. Like, I started, I, I tried drugs for the first time because, like, you know, you're in the military, you, you can't do drugs. It. Yeah, true. yeah. And then I was, I was like very sexually active, like just not caring anymore. Just like very, I was just like dying on the inside because I felt dead. Mm. I felt like I was dead. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that, out of like this pit of emptiness. Jesus brought me out. Mm. 
So it was it was an actual experience. It wasn't just Was it like an actual moment for you? Yeah, I was um I was at my lowest when like I was like I was on drugs and then like I was at like this after night club where like it was like four AM and this guy brought me there and I went into that room. It was like a weird dark like club basement thingy. And there was just a lot of men in there. And they all just, like, turned at once. And the guy was, like, did a little head nod. It was, like, very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was, like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom real quick. And this was the first time I, like, I looked in the mirror and I saw myself. And I was, like, you, you know when you just, like, look at yourself and you look like, 100 years old? Yeah. And I just saw it. And I was, like, oh, my God. What? what why, why is this my life? And then I heard God for the first time. He was, like, he was, like you will not become this. Leave now. Oh and gosh. never come back. Yeah. And let me be your father now. And I heard it clear as day. And I went home. I threw away all my drugs. I was going to resell them to like, I was like, nope, I don't want to, I don't want to curse anyone else's life. Got sober that day. And like, I I was like reading the Bible every day. Like, you know, I kind of drifted a little bit with like how much I read the Bible back then. But yeah, that's usually when people like find Christ. They're like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) one of my friends, like six hours a day. She was like, Bible, only want the Bible. Podcasts, Christian music only. Like, I deleted all the other music on my phone. Like, I have a couple yeah. friends that have done that. Yeah. But it was it was powerful. I've never experienced that before. Wow. Because, um, and I, yeah, I was, like, celibate for a while. And, like, um, it was just, it was just, like, it's different. It's not the same as, like, when you just go to church and you're like, okay, I'm here. It was like Jesus, like, went down, reached his hand, and, like, protected me. Because, like, I was, I was very, very depressed. Like, like, my dad was a very special man, and I didn't see that until it was too late. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't get a second chance when someone dies. Mm -hmm. So, it it was, it was really tough. Um, so, yeah, Jesus, uh, saved me, and he brought me so many blessings with, like, superstition and with, um, my commercial, and, like, he just always protects me and, like, stuff like that. And... I remember this one moment that like really really helped me because um I ended up sleeping with someone like nine months later and I usually would feel like this shame this mm. shame of like gosh I messed up like oh. but I I knew what I did was like oh, man I shouldn't have done that but then I felt safe again mm. I was like wait you still love me whether or not I fail that was a new feeling for me because I remember in college when I would do all this stuff and I'd sit in the back row and I'd be like, I don't want anyone to know. Mm. I don't want anyone to know. But I remember this one thing my mom told me because like, you know, I I tell my mom like almost everything and she's, um, like she knows I've been with a lot of people and like I've, I've drank a lot. Like I'm, I'm sober now, but like I was like very, I was, I was a little bit of like a messy party girl. Yeah. And and like when I found Jesus, I was like, I was like, I feel so tainted. I feel like I'm I'm unclean and like all this like stuff that I wish I could take away of this past I did. Mm. And she 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 says this thing, and I'm like, it's so powerful. She's like, she's like Tatiana, like think about how many girls you can affect with your story. Yeah, you know, like when when it comes to my sister who got married at 19, been with one guy, like how many people can relate to her versus yeah. how many people can relate to you? Yeah, you know, and I was like that's so true like I can look at someone and say I've been there I've been there man mm-hmm. like I've, I've done all of the gross horrible things that that we've done like that, that like I look back and like it sucks and there's things that I regret but at the same time like it opened my eyes mm-hmm. to I wouldn't have known until I've done it yeah you know and um 
my growing up would have taught me like this is shameful this is bad then I'm like no but also I can relate to people that what I've gone through is something way more powerful than me being like oh I've never messed up um and I've always felt great and I feel no shame and I think shame is that word that kind of keeps coming back well shame is something that like if we feel shame we hide it yeah and we hide it we feel alone Mm -hmm. you know like instead of feeling shame for you know what you did sometimes it's better to just say I did this and accept it and be able to move on from it because when we hope when we hold in shame and all these regrets we hold it on the inside and we're carrying it with us like we're carrying like a bucket of shit yeah we're just like we're like no 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 I'm so shameful but instead you're like you know what I did it I'm gonna let it go sat down I did it it's over I, I've learned from it, and, like, I'm not going to let it define me. No. That's the biggest thing. Like, if I would let everything I've done in my life define me, I would I would hate myself. Yeah. You know? Like, I, 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 I've been able to let that go, and I'm not that same person anymore. I learned from it, and mm-hmm. I know why people go through the things that I went through. Mm-hmm. Because I know how lonely I felt. Yeah. I know how, like, insecure I felt because I grew up thinking, like, guys thought it was ugly. I had to get super drunk for them to like me. Mm. You know, that's not true. That's a lie that the enemy tells you. You know, like, all of these things, like, I understand why girls do what they do. Yeah. Why men do what they do. You know, like, I understand it. Like, I, and I don't judge them for their, their journey because I'm like, I, I've been there. Like, you can only get to where you need to go on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing I'm going to tell them is going to be like, oh, my God, like, I've seen the light. You know, like... Until you, like, kind of almost fall to your face, you're not, you're going to get up on your own. Yeah. And everyone has their own timeline. You know, like, when I see people doing that, I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Like, uh, you know, I pray that they'll, they'll get out of it soon because it's a very lonely life and we don't know it's lonely. Mm. We think that being in the, in this world of partying and, and, and male attention um, feels as if, like, we're not missing out on life. But the fact is, like, I missed out on so much life. Because I was focusing on things that weren't important, that were of this world. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I focused on, like, when's the next party? Mm-hmm. Or who who can I sleep with tonight? Like, who's the hot guy at the bar? Like, I was focusing on all the wrong things that I, like, almost wasted, I feel like, eight years of my life. Wow. You know, and that's eight years I can't get back. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I mean, it sucks, but it's my life, and I accept it. Yeah. And... Like, being able to have that story and be able to talk to other girls who go through it, like, I, I think it's actually a blessing. hmm Because I, I want other women to know that, like, if they're through that life, like, hey, it's going to be okay. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You you will eventually get there. You'll eventually get bored of the emptiness in the life. Yeah. You will. It, it, it doesn't last forever because, like, you'll just soon feel like, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. But you run out. You run, you run out pretty quickly. Because it, it's not something that gives back to you. No. It just takes and takes and takes until you have nothing. Mm-hmm. I spent more money on, on alcohol than I have spent on, like, rent, I feel like. It's just... <laughs> it's crazy. Now that I'm sober, like, I'm like, wait, I still have money in my bank. Mm-hmm. Usually it's, like, out by now. Usually it's, like, I'm... Like, you know, you, you have a beer with dinner and, like, you just... then you. It's just... It's crazy how much, like, money you waste... Mm. on like and I'm not saying alcohol is fun you know like yeah go have some wine wine tasting is awesome you know all this kind of stuff I'm saying for me like it was a it was a road that I I wasn't safe on yeah you know like everyone's different with alcohol 
for me, I, I guess I had an allergy to it kind of thing. Like that's what that's what they say in AA is like you um you have a different uh, chemical reaction to alcohol. Yeah. Because like I I yeah, and I'm like it doesn't serve my my life well. No. I'm not the kind of girl who could just like have a glass of wine and go to bed. Like I'm like oof. so I just took it out of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That takes I don't know I feel like a lot of str- I I also think anyone that's hearing this. I one of the things I've loved finding in Atlanta is I think so many women have been so and I it's not something I can share but for them they've shared stuff that like they've done and things that I would have kept like so secret mm-hmm. and they're like yeah and then yeah. I'm like oh I think you're like an amazing person and you're a rock star and you're so cool and all of a sudden we can have like open conversations. Well, I think that's that's the only way you can really touch people's hearts is saying, "Hey, I'm not perfect." Mm-hmm. And something that people can relate to. Mm-hmm. And that that's what I'm talking about like th- this shame thing by hiding all of the flaws that we have in our life, we're separating ourselves from everyone else. No one can relate to someone who's perfect. I mean, unless you're perfect, I guess, then you can relate, but like <laughs> yeah, most of the time it's like no, I, I can't relate to that. But, like, people who are going through sobriety, like, can relate. Like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I totally get that. I totally get that, like, my bank account isn't empty and, like, um, not making as many horrible decisions anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's, um, I, I mean, I'm also, like, when, you know, I was in, I was a public affairs officer in the Marine Corps and we had to be very careful with what we said all the time. Mm. It was annoying. It was very annoying. And as I, as I see actors on television you know like the ones that do say anything they want and the ones that are very careful with what they say mm-hmm. both are right I mean whatever but for me I'm like I'm so sick of being careful with what I say yeah like if if, if people are not gonna like me like and that's okay like mm-hmm. I don't I've learned I don't need everyone to like me at mm-hmm. all that's exhausting because then everyone wants to hang out with you and you're like I don't have all the, I don't have all the time like I don't want you all to like me like please so, like, trying to get rid of people. Yeah, like, all right, guys. Just being like, I hate dogs. And then yeah. everyone's like, ooh. ooh. And then you're like, that's yeah. great. That's seven less people that want to talk to me. Exactly. So I just, <laughs> I'm like, all no, right. No, but I love it. Because also, I feel like I'm, I'm, I think I've hung out with you once at Sophia's party. And then once after we all went, the first VST meeting. And then we all went out for drinks yeah. or whatever. Um, and I feel like I know you very clearly like my first impression of you I don't know like the more I hang out with you it might be wrong no but I, I don't think it will be um because I knew I was like this conversation is going to be very direct and it's going to be <laughs> no she's gonna she's gonna tell me what she's thinking yeah. there have been some points I've said something and I'm kind of like is she gonna call me on my bullshit or, or whatever um what's your sorry basic basic question but what's your enneagram do you know Enneogram? Enneogram? Oh, you haven't heard of it? No idea. Oh my gosh. It sounds a, like some hippie stuff. What no, is it? No, it's a personality test. It's actually... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're all numbers. Oh, it's numbers? I thought it was like IOFD or no, something. No, that's the Myers-Briggs. Okay, no, I've not taken Enneogram. You, you don't. Uh, okay, it's it's actually... It's really big with Christian girls. It's like the Christian girls, like, astrology astrology thing they're like what's your number and then they're like i'll never date a seven again um it's not a rating um but you remind me a lot of my really good friend annie Uh and um i'm wondering i really like i I don't know it's it 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 takes a while to 
take the test or anything. Is this it? And Enneagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you want to take it, definitely let me know what the results are. I'm a four. Um, but it's okay. so I'm like a I call it the Hamlet, where I'm, like, feeling a lot of emotions, and I'm like, no one has ever felt these emotions. I'm feeling so much. And everyone's like, Rebecca, people feel that way all the time. And I'm yeah. like, no, no, these are special these are feelings. Yes, I'm an individual. A lot of actor creatives are, because in some ways we are seeking out that individual experience. Yeah. So we're creating things, but oftentimes the more individualistic you get, the more people relate to it, yeah. you know? But it's a $12 test. No, no, no. There's an app. Oh. There's an app where you can do it for free. Ah. Um, and also, if you read books on it, I mean, you don't have to read books, but the more you read about it, because sometimes a test, you're like, oh, yeah, totally. And then you read more deeply, if you get into it, about things online, then all of a sudden you're like, wait, 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 no, no, no. That was like a 20-minute test. Now that I've been reading about it, actually, that one isn't correct. This one is. Mm. But, yeah. Strengths and weaknesses. I found cool. it you don't have to check it out. Yeah, but no, I'd I just love like to. I just like being right. Um, and what number do you think I am? I think you're an eight. I'm an eight. Mm, I feel that. Yeah, that's right. You just okay? Are you? I'm sure I have no idea. You're like I'm an eight. I'm an eight oh, now. Yeah. But the, no, they're very. What is eight? They're called the instigators. So they're direct. They're no bullshit. And <laughs> the instigators. They, they, well, no, but they call you on. They call you on your crap. You're like, hey, no, come on. Like, um, so my friend Annie, whenever I've been, like, in a pit of self-pity, and I, she visited me in Chicago, and I was, like, crying. I was like, no, I'm so unhappy here, and I wish you would stay with me. And she was like, Rebecca, you're not trying to like it here. You're just staying at home, and you're not making an effort. Because I wasn't. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're so right. I made more of an effort, and I ended up falling in love with Chicago. But she's oh, good for the... Awesome, yeah. Chicago is so awesome. Yeah. And I was just... I mean, it was lonely. But, um... So it was a hard transition, but I totally wasn't trying. Yeah. Yeah, and it was more comfortable to feel bad for myself. Oh, yeah. Whenever, like, actors, like, complain about, like, oh, my God, I'm not booking anything. I'm like, well, are you... What classes are you in? Are you writing your own stuff? Uh, have you tried taking more headshots? Like, what... What are you doing to pursue your goal? Are you just waiting around for someone to discover that you're Sophia Loren and you're beautiful or something? Like, no, if, if you're going to wait like that, well, there's like four, four million billion people yeah. doing the same thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. And the ones who wait around, I mean, maybe you make it that way. Maybe, I don't know. But, but like, if you're not, if you're not, not actively doing chances. stuff, then don't complain when it doesn't mm-hmm. come. When you're not running every day, don't complain when you don't finish a marathon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like you... Like, I, I don't know why people just, like, it's this culture of, like, millennials almost where, like, they think everything should be given to them. Yeah. You know? Like, it's like, no. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Just because you kind of film something with your phone doesn't make you, a, like, a, a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, I mean, maybe some people who are really good at it and they're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this whole thing with my phone and make it look beautiful. That's awesome. Good for you. But yeah. I don't know. I, I'm very big on, like... I like to work hard on things. Mm-hmm. I like to... I've been to almost every studio out here, mm-hmm. every uh, improv theater and stuff like that. And, like, I just... I always want to discover new stuff, discover new teachers, discover new stuff, whatever. Write more, film more. Like, it's just you're never done growing. And if you just wait around thinking that you're going to eventually become a Daniel Day-Lewis overnight, it doesn't. Like, him and Meryl Streep, like, work their butts off before they even were in films you know like 
It's an everyday process. Mm -hmm. Stop waiting around. Stop just being at, like, being a waitress thinking, like, oh, once I book something, I'll be out of here. You know, like, I quit my job. I was like, no, I'm just going to go and risk it and wait till I get booked. And I did. Mm. And it it took a lot lot of hard times and a lot of faith. But, um... That's amazing. Yeah. I was just, like, waitressing, and I, and I was, like, doing this, like, there was, like, three double shifts in a row or something like that. And it came back that Monday, and the restaurant was the same. Mm. You know? And you just look look around, and you're like, my feet hurt. I'm so exhausted. I feel gross because I eat, like, the fries, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you look around, and you're like, nothing has changed. And I'm like, I'm wasting away here. Yeah. Where everything stays the same, mm-hmm. and I'm in a time, like, loop. Yeah. And I was like, no, I can't live. I can't live like. Yeah, no, I now I will say I did. I'm working a few different jobs, kind of intermittently, and there was a point where I was working doubles every single day because I because I think it was almost like because I wasn't doing what I loved, I might as well just work myself like a dog. Yep. Because it was like punishment for not booking or being good enough or something, and it got to a point where I showed up to class at Drama Inc came in and I knew the lines but my brain was so just like 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 just zapping out I I like like I think actually my reader I think I had handed the sheets to her in the wrong order they got mixed up and so she had to like she felt awful but she couldn't find the next page and that isn't upsetting but I just burst into tears and the teacher, Dustin Lewis, he was just like, Dustin, love yeah, that. love Dustin. He was just like, because I had mentioned, I was like, oh my gosh, so tired from all this stuff. He was like, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't figure out this, this hot mess that you're running. And so I did. I made sure I wasn't working certain days, certain shifts. I was like, yeah. these are, this is my time. I'm never going to miss class. I'm never going to miss this and this for, I'm not going to miss an acting opportunity because of work. So it's. I mean, it's hard, but it's different. And also, I think everyone... I think that's another thing that I'm finding a little frustrating in Atlanta is everyone is like, this is how you get the good agent. This is the kind of headshot you need. And I think everybody is so... Like, their experience is great, but I'm, I am coming to a pl- place where I've stopped asking people's opinions on, oh, like, yeah. how, do I, how do I do that? It works act- different for everyone, for sure. Everybody's path is different, and everybody's answer is true, in their world, but like I could try to do exactly what you did and we would get vastly different results and vice versa. Um, cause we're different humans. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I tell people this, I'm like, there's a difference between when you're in a safety net, Mm -hmm. you'll rest. Mm -hmm. When you're on the edge of a cliff, you'll fight. But when you're like, I have nothing coming in Mm. and that's come and there's something different. And yeah. that's what it was. There was something different when I had no job. Yeah. When I was scared. And I pushed. And I worked harder. Yeah. It was different. Each audition, it wasn't like, oh, got to get home and film that thing. It was like, this could be, this yeah. could be the rent. This could be yeah. lunch. And when, until you're, like, we're very privileged in this, in this country. Like, just... There was, like, even though I didn't have money, like, I I always thought to myself, like, if I really needed to, like, I thought about it the worst case scenario. I'm like, okay, once I'm out of money, where would I, okay, I can maybe ask my parents, but they probably don't have enough money. Maybe I can ask my uncle. Maybe I can ask 
okay, maybe I can crash in a friend's house. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, you know, maybe I can sleep in my car. I have a car. Yeah. You know, like, it. there's a lot of steps between here and homelessness. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of steps. Or death. Yeah, but people think if they don't have their job, it goes straight to homelessness. Yeah. And you're like, no, there's still a lot of safety nets. There's still so many things that you could probably get before you're like down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I think people think without a job, it's so scary. I'm like, it's scary, mm-hmm. but it's not the end of the world. Yes. And that that's just, that's how I looked at it. I was like, I was like, you know what? If I'm stuck at this job... I'm, I'm, I'm just, it's, I think it's going to take longer for me to get acting because I have a job. hmm Yeah. And it worked for me. Yeah. So you've done Supernatural now. Superstition. Super, Superstition. Sorry. Superstition. And then what, what are some of the other things? You've done the NCIS. I did NCIS, yeah. Um, I just filmed a Geico commercial. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, the fact that I was a, a series regular on a television show, and a spokesperson for commercial. Those are like my two biggest things. Mm-hmm. And That's they've helped amazing. me get out of debt. And yeah. like, yeah, like, uh, I mean, I haven't been a bu- in a bunch of little things. Like, I haven't been like a bunch of one liners or anything like that. You've like, just, when you've got something, it's like boom. And yeah, it's been great. Which I is mean, exciting. I just uh, got, went, uh, signed with Alex White. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been great. Like, he's uh, him and Taylor, uh, the commercial agent. Uh, they really fight for fight for you and yeah. um, open communication and like it's been great. I, I'm excited to see where everything goes. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I know God's plan for me is 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 right. So mm-hmm. the things that like you know I I know I know sometimes where I'm like oh man I wish I would have booked that and it always turns out right. It's always like the person who booked it like tells me they had a horrible experience on set mm. or it doesn't go anywhere or like th- th- it was bad whatever like. It, I, I'm, I'm never worried about things I don't book. I know the things that are right for me I'm going to book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I'm not... I'm just kind of doing one day at a time. Um, you know, I just got this house, so this is this is fun. Uh, there's mm-hmm. already stuff falling apart. It's really fun. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful, though. Thank you. The outside is really cute. Yeah, yeah. Did you see that huge spider when you walked in? No. Oh, my gosh. Mm. It's huge. It's LA. I'm, I'm taking. I'm thinking of it as a protector. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah. Do you need me to get rid of the spider? No. Okay. I looked it up. It's a garden spider, so apparently they eat like geckos. And... Oh, okay. I just. What would you do? Would you grab it? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> what? What are, you, what are you? The spider handler? What do you? What... No, I just like don't have a fear of bugs, and a lot of my friends. It's a big spider. Oh well, okay, but um. Uh, I kind of want to see the spider. No, it's just sometimes I volunteer my services because, like, my roommate won't come in the house. Oh. If there's a she'll, like, get back in the car, and I've, I've either come and got it or her boyfriend will. I know. Like, that kind of. I I'm not, sure I'm not too were, scared of bugs. Like, doesn't, I didn't but think But those were, spiders like that, if that was in my house, I would just, like, spray it with, like, ant killer, like, from five feet away yeah, until it but just. But it's outside. Yeah. It's it's big, though. And then inside. it brought a friend. It brought, like, a second one of them, and I'm like, Please stop bringing more. Please stop bringing more. Like, I just can't handle any more spiders. It might get to a point. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for... Yeah, thank you for having me. me. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And I, I appreciate all the random alleys. But, like, if you ever listen to an episode, this is how every single one of it is. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just random. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Nice. I don't know. If I had a script, that would I- suck. Okay. Okay. We're signing off. Bye. All right.